my ride left me and I need someone to come and pick me up. Well, it seems like you got a problem that you need to figure out now, doesn't it? That was what my mother said to me one night when I was coming back late from a uh, away game uh, for our little high school football team. I was a majorette in the band and I had missed my ride. And it was, like I said, very late. And my mother was not about to get dressed and come to the school to pick me up when she had a young child at home that she needed to stay and watch. And so therein lies the rub. I had a problem and I had to figure it out. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to another podcast episode of Wisdom Smack. So guess what? I want to see you on the flip. Nighttime shadows can be mean, sadistic, and psychologically brutal. This is the thought that was going through my mind as I walked from my high school to my house, which was approximately three plus miles away. It's late night and I live in this small town, but it's large enough for stuff to be scary. And as I set off walking with all my crap on my back (laughs) uh, from a high school game that... um, away game and it's like two o'clock in the morning I'm like oh boy let's let's do this I remember walking from the high school through the college campus that it was attached to I get to what we would classify as our little downtown area and on the edge of it where the part uh the little section that's not so nice starts to encroach and I swear the shadows get longer and more nefarious by each step and each breath but I keep trudging along I'm just praying please let nobody be out here let no one drive by let no one see me on this early Saturday morning in the two o'clock hour and I kept walking and kept trudging along and I was like I can do it I can do it I can do it and then my mind starts playing with me and and trying to get me to figure out uh, why am I out here by myself? How could I have solved this problem in a different way? Now, the reason why I was in this predicament, as I said before, is because for some kind of reason, I missed the ride of someone who had volunteered to drop off a, a bunch of us after the game. I am going to say, I don't think they did it on purpose. I think they just saw a lot of people in uh, the van they were driving and they took off. And by the time I got my crap uh, off from under the bus and went to look for them, they had uh, left. And so uh, my fallback was to call my mom and she's like, you better figure it out. And that's the one thing that I, I want to talk about today. And it's not just how to, uh, to solve problems, um, but it's this great Uh, I call it um, a a, a trilogy and it has started to serve me well. One of the things that I am constantly having to hone my skill on, and it's like you never get finished. There's always another level to this triangle. And that is problems, puzzles, and mysteries. 
I did a podcast um, yesterday that um, talked about the gift of how to use curiosity and concern and how uh, my mother taught us how boredom was a state of your mind that you were responsible for. Nobody else but you. And looking back, when I tell people some of the stories of my mother, they were like, your mother was harsh. And I was like, no, my mother was a blessing. Because I had my mother, she prepared me truly to be not only self-sufficient, but to be kind and um, willing to integrate with others. She, she showed us through her actions, her love and her words, how to be empathetic, uh, towards our our situations and to others, and to how to be a, just a good player and a good a good citizen of the world. And so I want to preface that because I don't want this to come off as oh your mother was just hardcore. No, never that. Love my mom. My mom loved me, and I'm very grateful for all of the things that she taught me in her own way because they bode me well to this day. So I, I want to give that shout out to my mom. So going back to this walking, I'm like 16-ish. And so it's not like I'm a little kid, um, but I've got like my book bag. I've got my um, my clothes and things for uh, our uniforms and stuff for the game and some other stuff because I was a little pack rat. I'm <laughs> just going to be honest. I always had to have comfort things around me. So I would pack as much stuff as I could. If there was a space in whatever uh, I had I would feel it you know so I'm lugging all this stuff on my back and I'm trudging along and um three and a, I, I want to say it was um just under three and three-fourths of a mile from uh where I lived to the to the um high school at night that can seem like it could take forever especially when you're lugging an extra 15 pounds on your back <laughs> And so I'm, uh, you know, my mind is playing tricks on me and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to even lie. I'm like really peeved at my mom. I'm like, she always does this kind of stuff. She always has me, you know, out here like this, you know. Um, and I, the things that she would always drill into us, like your decisions should never cause anybody else to have to sacrifice or stress. I remember that I'm walking my decision to join the band and then become the majorette for the, for the high school is not. Oh, and by the, I'm sorry. I knew it was something else. I had my fire batons. That's what it was. They were in these, these carrots, these can, um, metal canisters and I had two of them. And so I'm lugging those. I'm lugging my regular batons. I knew it was a whole bunch of crap I had. Yeah. So that was it. Cause I mean, my mom was even telling me, well, if somebody tries to do anything to you, just whack them with, you know, these batons and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I finally make it home and I, you know, come in and this is the thing. My high schoolers, teenagers, mind was, was peeved with my mom and that it didn't register to me until I um, got a shower and got in the bed that my mom was sitting up at the kitchen table watching the door with the phone next to her. I did not realize that until the fact that I, my mom was wanting to see how I would solve this problem. Get this, she was dressed. She had told me, I'm not getting dressed. 
You decided you wanted to be in this band. You knew you had to travel. You knew that I told you you were grown enough to make sure that you found a way to make this extracurricular happen. So that was, you know, backstory. So it wasn't where she was just saying, nope, I'm not going to do it. She told me, you want to join the band? You want to do this? Then you have to figure it out. And she was keeping her word. But like I said before, it wasn't until I laid down and got over myself of being pissed of having to walk home with all my crap at two o'clock in the morning that I realized my mother was sitting by the door with a phone, fully dressed. And as I think back on it, I want to say that I remember her being relieved when I walked in the door. And I, I, I think I, I think I can honestly say that because she said things like, I'm glad you made it. Uh, was everything okay? You know, she asked me a few little things and I was like, yes. And she was like, mm-hmm. she said, next time you'll learn how to make sure that you, you verify that that person that told you they would give you a ride is going to be around. Right. And, you know, so in her way, she was trying, she was, she was trying to help me. But like I said, processing it from an adult's mind is way different from when it happened. And, um, you know, so yeah, I went to bed realizing that my mom was dressed and she was waiting up for me and she didn't say anything, you know, mean, she didn't fuss me out. She was, you know, showing motherly concern. So that is just one of the things that, um, she gifted us. She was like, hardships are just problems disguised. It is the, the, the way of the, of life, um, to be able to, to try you. Now we had a saying in my, in my family and it started with my grandmother, but it was kind of like a known entity in my family. And that was our concept of how we looked at life. My grandmother taught us, taught my mother. And so this was, this was the general understanding that she would say things, not things she would say in the middle of life is a big old if, and she would say, if you let life run over you, when it comes to its test, it will pimp you and you will be a streetwalker. Yes, my grandmother will say stuff like that. She says, but if when life tries to pimp you, you stand up to it and you figure out a way to make it yours instead of it making you its. You know, I, I know I'm saying that all kind of wrong. But if you do that, then life will reward you. So, you know, she was like, you can have the pimp or you can have the reward. And so with my mother doing these types of things, it was kind of like a wink to my grandmother of in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have diverse temptations. You're going to have things that try your soul. But you have to remember in the middle of life is that big old if. How do you deal with it? Um, there was this great um, uh, uh, stay, uh, saying that I I um, read in a Facebook group and um I wanted to give proper a, uh, attribution. Um, the, the person who posted it was an Alan Dean, but it talked about fear. And, and, and what he wrote was fear has two meanings. And one of the meanings is forget everything and run. But the other meaning is face everything and rise. And I thought that was so apropos for today, talking about these puzzles, uh, these um, problems, puzzles and mysteries. So now, I've, I've set up the, you know, the problem that I had. How do I continue to do my extracurricular and, you know, the stuff that I like to do uh, that doesn't involve my mom? Because in hindsight, I knew my mom was taking a big risk because I'm still underage. And if the police, what if the police had driven by and saw me walking out there by myself? 
they wouldn't have come from me. They would have come from my mother. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Now, I know because there's another story I can tell. I know that my mother was scared. And the reason why I know, and I'll just go on and tell you, you know, and if I if I revisit that other that other um story, you'll let me know. And now that I'm thinking about that, I told you guys the wrong uh uh the the wrong um age. I wasn't 16. I think I was almost 15. Yeah because I, I got my moped when I was 15. So yeah, oh, that's what it was. I must've been a freshman and not a, a, a sophomore or junior. So anyway, yeah. Okay, so y'all, I'm sorry. I get these timelines wrong. You know, it's a long time since I was a kid. So bear with me. So yeah, my mother, uh, after uh, that incident, and I think it happened one other time where I didn't even call her. I just did it. And um, she didn't say anything to me about it. She was asleep when I came in that that next time. And um, when um, she got up and realized that I had done another late night, early morning crack of dawn walk by myself, I guess that was just enough. Because the next thing I knew, she had bought me a moped. And she bought me the moped, but she didn't buy me the helmet. And I used to get stopped by the local police saying, it's against the law if you be out here riding on this thing without a helmet. And so she was like, look, I got the moped. You be, you, you need to figure out how to get the helmet. And so I did. I finally got my helmet and stuff. But that was her way of uh, showing me that she saw that my solution to the problem was to just hoof it, walk it, you know. Her solution was, I see you trying, so I'm going to help you a little bit more. And in hindsight, I knew that took a lot for her to get that extra money up because she always told us, what you decide to do shouldn't cause me to have to sacrifice. But in hindsight, my mother sacrificed to get that moped. I know she did. See, I told y'all, my mother is great, y'all. My mom is awesome. <laughs> Bless her soul. <laughs> Miss her every day. So, um, yeah, so she got me the moped. But that's that's neither here nor there. It's just I wanted to um, talk about uh, just a little way she would, she would make us confront our problems. She would talk about things like a problem or a dis-ease, not, not necessarily just the medical kind, but something that causes dis-ease is life's way of getting, giving you a wink to say, hey, this is a time where you can either pimp or prosper. You can either pimp or reward, get a reward. And um, so I'm, I'm thankful because like immediately when something happens nowadays, my go-to uh, immediate response is solve the problem. It's just life giving you a problem to solve. And so that leads me into this this next part of the the trilogy of um, problems, puzzles, and mysteries. Now, um, as you know, I write fiction. Um, I write uh, fiction that I like to have where there's some type of mystery, um, romance, and all of that humor, all that kind of stuff. You know. So as a writer, I, I love those elements. And as a quest to continue to hone my craft, I tend to do a lot of um, self-learning on how to better finesse a situation. And I learned this concept that was just so powerful. And I don't know who I learned it from at first. I know Robert McKee deals with it, but it may have been some others too. So if I get this wrong, please forgive me. Um, So... I learned about the difference between puzzles and mysteries. And I knew that a lot of mystery, thriller, and suspense has a conclusion. 
I remember that because I remember my love for Scooby-Doo. And I remember the resolution at the end where the culprit always would talk about these meddling, meddling kids, but they would talk about all the clues that led up to them solving the, the problem. Okay, so in my little trilogy of problems, puzzles and solutions, to me, the problem is the uh, presentation of uh, or the invitation to resolve something, to figure out something new, to um, elevate, to to level up, whatever you want to call it. Now, if it is a puzzle, it's on one side. If it is a mystery, it's on the other. And through my learning how to write Uh, mystery, thriller, suspense, those types of things, I learned that we never really write mysteries. We really are just writing complex puzzles and problems because puzzles are made to be solved. If they present themselves, they have a solution. Whereas mysteries are meant to keep us, and I talked about this in another episode, they are meant to create Uh, or keep us concerned for the issue at hand. So you can create a puzzle out of a great mystery. For instance, why do we die is a mystery. But who kills somebody who is now dead is a puzzle. The puzzle can be solved. The mystery lingers on. Another mystery. What is the meaning of life? A puzzle. How will this woman, I'm thinking about the book, Eat, Pray, Love, uh, find her new meaning after divorce? So you see, that's a puzzle. But the great mystery is what is the meaning of life? And so that's why they kind of uh, work in this trinity, this trilogy, if you will. And so learning these things in hindsight, I realized that, oh my gosh, there were were things that I was learning to do. Like I talked about my curiosity quotient. Um, I talked about how um, I had to keep myself from being bored. I've talked about embracing the other side of the coin, as my grandmother taught me. Um, I've talked about how to turn thoughts into things and how, and, and all of these have journeys attached to them. And for me, the problem that presents itself is the gateway or the the door or the entry to a whole new adventure. The puzzle is the part that where curiosity and concern is created. And the mystery is the realm where all of this can be be encompassed. And like I said, I am no one's uh, philosopher. If you find any philosophical value in this, it is purely happenstance because I do not set out to do that. But I do want to to really kind of like give you uh, the wisdom smack that I have gotten. Um, and I know I will continue to get them. So for instance, um, I am having to remind myself of this trilogy that exists in life. And I mean, there are questions that we will ask that will never be answered. And we have our individual mysteries. Like if you find yourself saying, why do I always do such and such? Why can I never seem to embrace such and such? You know, if you find these, these lingering recurring patterns that don't ever seem to have a solution to them, a lot of times those are your personal mysteries. 
The genius of these personal mysteries is that they always seem to contain puzzles that can be solved that will help to placate our frustration with the overarching mystery that was never meant to be solved. So what I'm finding is that these days I tend to reprimand myself for lessons learned during childhood. Um, on another podcast, uh, The Curiosity and Concern, when I believe, I talked about my mother's teaching us about whys and whats. And like I said before, I, I, I tend to synchronistically put things uh, together, not synchronistically, synthesize things together. Um, and so when I'm talking about problems and puzzles and mysteries, to me, problems and puzzles are all about the what and the how. Whereas mysteries are the whys. You know, why is the sky blue? It's a mystery. <laughs> um, what is the composition of air? We can, you know, solve that or we, we can, you know, figure that out. And so problems and puzzles in my life are just that. And I have found that my wisdom smacks are never confuse a problem and a puzzle with a mystery. The mystery can contain it. And if you're so busy paying attention to the mystery, you'll miss the fact that the things that are being presented to you, the gateway, the entry, the door, is really just a fancy problem meant to be solved. I am learning in my wisdom smacks through all these things that when a problem when something of discomfort, when a, t- a tower event happens where uh, there is a great and sudden explosion of, of everything that you knew, all your foundations go to smithereens, it is not a mystery that cannot be solved. It is a puzzle and a problem. And if it is a puzzle and a problem, a solution exists. And not just a solution, possibly more than one solution exists. And so that is like the the wisdom smack that keeps me in the fight, keeps me going because I have to remember if the problem presented itself, the solution is nearby. It is up to me to engage my curiosity and my concern to solve the problem, solve the puzzle, go through the process to get to the outcome that curiosity puts me on the pathway of while maintaining, feeding, and nurturing my concern for my problem. And I, I say this because um I I have I have fought with myself to not give up on particularly trying puzzles. Um, I remember um, telling you guys about when I first started encountering logic puzzles, the, the cutesy little ones, not those deep ethical ones that you know they teach in college and law school. Um, I wanted to give up. And I wanted to be like, this is hard. I don't want to do this. And because my grandmother encouraged me, keep going. You know, I didn't raise a quitter. There is a solution. And um, because I was raised by a woman who was a strong black woman in the South and was like, nobody's going to give you anything and you can't give up on yourself. Other people might give up on you, but you can't. And because I had that in me, I have started seeing the blessing of what this trilogy means when it shows itself. And trust me, trust me, darling boo. If you're listening to this, I hope that this is etching itself uh, a a new message on your heart, your mind, and your soul that you understand that life has problems, puzzles, and mysteries. 
don't get so sideways on the mystery that doesn't necessarily have a solution but must exist because within it there's going to be a problem and a puzzle or two or three or a million that can be solved if a problem shows up it has a solution to it if a puzzle is present it is an invitation to a journey to go through it to the end to resolve it and you can use the power of curiosity and concern to keep you propelled and engaged don't give up on yourself if you find that you're using stuff and I know this is started to turn into talking to you but let's just flow with this if you find that you you hear yourself saying I'm just so tired of this I can't take this anymore that is an indicator that your concern the fuel for your concern needs to be replaced or or injected you need a new injection of caring you need a new injection of interest there's always a way to figure out how to be interested in solving your problem because if you have no interest in solving it it won't get solved and the reason why i say that is a lot of times we want to outsource our concern for our problems we want to outsource our caring our tether our our empathetic uh understanding of our situation whether it be for ourselves or for others we you know there many movies have been made about a person who had more concern for someone than they had for themselves you know there are people that will say i never gave up on you even when you gave up on yourself i never gave up or vice versa you know persons finally realizing that that is concern at its goal and and those are the the, the magical beans if you will that will create that 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 beanstalk to get you out of the humdrums and the and the the dread to get you above to a new realm where there are golden geese and laying golden eggs and all of the riches and all of the the things that you look for in life. I don't know why that Jack and the Beanstalk thing just came to me, but hey, let's just go with it and let's let's pretend that it was really valuable. Okay, wink, wink. Okay, so um, problems. These things are wily. Problems, they can veil themselves as impossibilities. They can veil themselves as guard gates instead of entryways. They can present themselves as do not enter, stop, you can go no further. And it's just another test. It's just another way to get you engaged to seek the solution. I find that I am really drawn to um, cerebral mysteries, um, the Sherlock Holmes kind of stuff, the spy kind of stuff. The If you're locked in a room uh, with only two doors, one is unlocked, one is locked, and you have to solve the locked one because if you try to go back out the other one, you'll never have this puzzle again. I love that. I think I got that from a recent book I, uh, I read. Um, I'm always interested in like as Brandon Sanderson says through one of his characters in um, one of his books Mistborn um, the Mistborn series he uh, one of his characters Kelsier always says there's always another secret and I love that junk because there's always another secret because another secret holds another uh, solution to a problem and a puzzle you know and so what I tend to do and let me give you this this wisdom smack life skill of why we're talking about problems puzzles and mysteries Okay, so let me just lay this out real quick. Number one, when you are faced with a problem, 
don't focus on if there is a mystery attached to it. And a mystery attached to a problem can look like a recurring theme of why does this always happen to me? Don't focus on the why. Focus on the what and the how. Remember, my mom, she's like, don't, you know, don't always ask why because why never gets answered. You need to figure out what and how. So, you know, there's that. We can borrow that from my mom. The next thing is, so don't focus or, or get get overwhelmed by the big mystery of something. Focus on the problem. And if it's a myriad of problems, focus on the one you can rectify the the, the quickest. I know it can be harsh, but if you feel like you're getting turned around in all the problems presenting themselves, activate your curiosity and concern. Curiosity is all about the outcome. Concern is about um, looking at what keeps you interested in the outcome. So whatever is screaming the most interest to you to solve Go for that because it may not be the one that's the obviously easiest to do with, deal with, but it might be the one that keeps you interested enough such that you'll solve the other easier problems along the way. So do that. So the next thing, and I'm not trying to give you a step one, two, three. I'm just trying to give you some something to, to be useful, you know, to remember my grandmother said, be useful, not helpful, because you see what they paid the help. You know, something to be useful with. And that is to employ your uh, your need to close the open loop, to solve the puzzle and employ your caring about the situation. Because if it's your problem, it's generally set up so that no one but you can care the most about it. No one but you can have the most concern about fixing it, solving it, rectifying it, um, making it yours. And there's always a solution. And so with that, I want to say this. When you have problems, puzzles, and mysteries that present themselves, which they will, it's not a, it's not an if, it's a when, um, they come, don't try to outsource the solutions to someone else. And what my mother learned with me and she even said this she was like I have to be careful when you come up with stuff because you don't like to ask for help and the kind of things that you're doing you know sometimes scare me like instead of asking her to help me get a bike or something I walked and you know those types of things I took it upon myself and so those are the things that I wanted to put before you today on problems puzzles and mysteries. Problems and puzzles are meant to be solved. The mystery is meant to keep you interested and engage your concern and curiosity, but you can also use concern and curiosity to solve those problems and those puzzles. So guess what? My time is up. This is Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please do me a favor by sharing, commenting, and um, uh, letting me know that you support us. And the best way that you can support us is to uh, use us when you go to Amazon by using our link of michellespiva.com forward slash AMC. It will take you directly to Amazon. And if you decide to purchase something during that session, our podcast may get a little bit of a commission from it. And we truly thank you. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share.
And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.